Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? This is episode 175 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. In this episode, I turn the mic over to Lucas Kaser to host with TCK newcomer Tyler Moss as they break down their incoming rookie quarterbacks and lead to the NFL Combine. They've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Alrighty, welcome back, guys. This is my first time hosting the channel. Uh, we kicked Sky out to bring in Tyler. As you see, I'm going to say to my left on the screen because I don't know if this is going to be inverted. But basically, Tyler is a new member of the team. We will be introducing them kind of as it just kind of comes in and goes. We're not really going to make a video introducing everybody. So today, obviously, the title, we are introducing our QB ranking tiers. Um, emphasis on the tiers because these are very, very rough rankings as of now. Obviously, after the combine, the draft, we'll have these set in stone. So I'm going to let Tyler take it over, kind of intro himself, um, maybe kind of what he's going to do for us, and then we're going to go ahead and get started. To take it away, Tyler. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Tyler Moss. Uh, you can find me at Tyler Moss NFL on Twitter. Uh, very excited to be here. I've done some work with a few other channels um, so far in my kind of young career in fantasy podcasting. Uh, seven year fantasy vet. Uh, really, really excited to start pushing out content. Um, mainly what I like to do is a lot of film study. Uh, currently doing some film study at uh, Fantasy Flock um, on YouTube, Fantasy Flock Film Room. Uh, trying to push out videos every single day there and want to kind of spread my content to TCK. Very excited to get in my first video here. Awesome. So we're just going to jump right into it uh, to be more efficient with time here. So the rankings you can see on the screen, I'm not for sure where, side, bottom. They're going to be on the screen somewhere. So we both have our tier one, which is probably maybe everyone's tier one, of Joe Burrow and Tua uh, Tug Tugavailoa. I think I said it right. Tugavailoa, I'm pretty sure. Sure. We'll just call him Tua. So as you can see, as of now, um, we I have Burrow one, Tua two. He's the opposite. However, I am not far off where he is at. I am... The way I look at it is, I, obviously, Burrow's good, but I look at this as like a whole – got to go college career. you got to look at where he's going to flourish in the NFL, how that's going to work, kind of the production he's going to be lined up to have. So we're just going to start off Joe Burrow. Obviously, we saw what everyone saw what he did last year. We don't need to go back on memory lane because he was a beast. But unlucky, lucky for him, he's going to the Bengals. That's pretty much set in stone unless someone makes an awesome offer. He's going to be their franchise quarterback. So we can kind of, in a way, kind of project how the first couple of years are going to go. So obviously you're watching this to get a better landscape with the rookies for redraft. And if you play Dynasty, that pays in part for your rookie drafts. He's most arguably the 101 right now, I would think. Um, but we're, like I said, we're not going to get in too much in the Burrow because you can go on YouTube and search Burrow and everyone's going to have a video about him. We're going to harp more on Tua here. So... I'm going to let you take over for two since you have him as your one right now. And then I'll kind of give my two cents as to why I might be leaning that way um, due to the recent yeah. landscape right now. Well, I do want to make a quick clarification. Uh, my rankings are really based on fantasy. I think uh, Burrow is going to be the number one quarterback in the draft is going to be drafted like he is. Um, but unfortunately I think there's a guaranteed spot he may be going to, and I don't like it and I don't, see a reason why the fantasy community would love it. Um, so that's why I find Tua as my number one. 
Uh, I think he has ability to work on every offense. Burrow the same. Um, he has legs that I think are a little bit better than Burrow. Um, has a lot of mobility, extends plays incredibly well. Uh, wonderful pocket presence. I think the best in the class. Knows when to move. Knows when to uh, get out of the pocket and extend plays, climb up in the pocket. He's very, very good at that. And he's incredible at leading receivers on deep balls. I think he's very, very impressive on tape. Um, I did some research with him in the LSU game. I wanted to see what him and Burrow would do going back and forth. And Burrow put up some really impressive stats in that game. But I think Tua coming off of that uh, injury, at least his first one in that season, very, very solid stuff. Even when he's limited, he's incredible. Yeah, I think you – to me, I think the only difference is I think Tua just is a playmaker in general. Like, I'm not saying Joe Burrow's not, but we only saw it this one year. Um, that can obviously – he can obviously take that and ride with it off into the sunset and be the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen, best NFL quarterback we've ever seen. But I think with Tua, you're just kind of getting that, oh, you want me to put my team on my shoulders and go score that game-winning touchdown. I think Tua has that mentality already. Yeah. Now with this injury, I think it's even building more. Like, I think he's just gained this whole confidence, this whole, like, I'm going to be back. I'm not going down and draft stock. Like, nothing's changed. Like, I'm still here. I'm still that guy. Um, ultimately, do you have a prediction where he lands? Um, to me, it's the Dolphins. I know that's your favorite team. Um, <laughs> I would love that. Uh, obviously, as a Dolphin fan, I think he's a player that can fit behind a developing O-line in Miami. Uh, and while Flores is a defensive coach, I think he'll he'll get the right personnel in there to start working with him and just increasing what we already see as a really, really solid NFL quarterback. Um, one thing I do want to point out with Burrow, um, there was some drastic improvement. And you, you brought it up. Yeah. His, his incredible performance in 2019 is never going to be overlooked. 76% completion percentage, which compared to his 2018, where he had 57. So clearly, I think he, he can develop in an offense really, really quickly within a season, which I think will help him go on to Cincinnati. But I think to a, just a better landing spot, I, getting out of the Cincinnati is, is going to help him a lot. Yeah, and I think ultimately, like, no matter what happens, combine anything, like, I don't think there's going to be, like, no one of these guys is going to be, like, tier one. I think they're always going to be together just because there's so many arguments, disarguments. Like, there's nothing that's, like, this is why he's there, as I think we kind of agree on other guys. Um, so we're going to get into tier two, but I totally forgot to introduce your shades. Uh, I don't know if you want to have a reasoning behind why you're wearing them. I just feel like people are probably like, why is this man wearing shades right now? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, so kind of a big Queen fan, just a little bit. I got the Freddie Mercury glasses, the Ray-Bans, feeling sick, wearing them. Um, and uh, want to introduce my own personal tag. Um, just shade. We're going to be trying pushing. Okay. Uh, obviously, quality content for people, but um, trying to uncover the poor, poor spots as well. Because you want to, you want to know as a uh, fantasy player who's drafting these guys, everything there is to know about them. You want to know the good and you want to know the bad that comes with it. So a little shade on some of the top prospects, just to just to give you a little bit of heads up on um, some weaknesses they may have, but. Uh, I'm rolling with the shades. We're, we're rolling with it. We're Good, rolling. I just wanted to get that introduced. I'm, I'm with it. I, I like it. We're going to get that rolling this year. And with the good and the bad, we are going to drop into my tier two, which is also the same as your tier two, Justin yeah. Herbert and Jacob Eason. And I know we've been fanboying a little bit because we'll start off with Justin Herbert. Okay. What I know with Herbert is 
He has the size to play quarterback in the NFL. He has the arm talent, and he has the the mental capability, the mental game to be an NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. But like I said, there's bad to it. What people think he lacks is the big game pressure. Can he do it with – out of a good defense like Oregon had without playing lesser offenses like Oregon did as the Pac-12 is more of a – well, there's like, there's obviously the high-powered offenses, but that team is just overall bad. But the top-notch teams in the Pac-12 are just very solid defensive teams. So yeah. there's kind of question as to where he's going to fit and be able to produce. Um, I, th- I think they're kind of comparing him to like a Drew Locke scenario like last year or someone's trying to find that new like Mahomes type guy that's kind of question big question marks, but we've seen the production. Um, I'll let you give him your thoughts on Herbert um, and then we'll kind of break him down a little bit. Well, yeah, jeez. I, I, oh, I mean, a guy, a senior quarterback, went back. He could have been number one last year. To The fact that we're even doubting him as a quarterback is, is a little bit of shade. Uh, but um, I think he's a very talented guy. You look at his big game. Obviously, you know, there's some holes sometimes, but I, I look at Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Yep. Three rushing three rushing touchdowns from a guy who's not a mobile quarterback. He's, you know, obviously, if you're going to be an NFL quarterback these days, you, you got to be able to move your feet. Um, and and he, does, he, he does that when he needs to. Obviously, not his first priority, but I think that really showed his big game ability stepping up and being able to make plays in that game. And that's not really all. I think he has really, really great uh, accuracy, Short, middle-range game is really solid. Um, he's able to put – I think um, him staying an extra year in college helped work on his his uh, ball placement, which can be a little bit more crisp than some other players in this draft. Um, puts the ball into really, really great spots. Uh, could work on the deep ball. Obviously, that's um, the big thing that a lot of people are coming at him for. Um, but I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he, he definitely uh, can go uh, – what is it, day one uh, – yeah, for sure. Go first round, I think he's a very talented quarterback. He's going to help out a team really, really quickly, like the uh, like Burrow and Tua. He's a he's a developed quarterback. You're going to get solid week one if if he's put in that situation to do it, or if you want him to develop a little bit more behind a solid quarterback, you can do that well. I think he's he's quite versatile. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think ultimately he lands on the Chargers. That's kind of how okay. um, things shaped out. Obviously, they cut ties with Rivers. They said Tyrod could be their bridge quarterback, and I think that'd be huge to have Tyrod kind of take over for a year or maybe half a year, however it plays out. But, yeah, I think ultimately Herbert, we know, has the talent to be Burrow, to be Tua. Like, he has all the tangibles needed for that. It just obviously didn't fall into a place where we're at that right now. But every single – there's so many college quarterbacks. You know how many of them actually play the next year at 32, the 32 NFL teams? Yeah. But how many come in and play right away? How many come in and succeed right away? It's just the way it is. Obviously, we can't say he's the next Joe Burrow or the next Tua because it's how it is. Like, I mean, no one can play at the level they did every single year all the time. Yeah. So now we're going to get into our next guy who we've been fanboying big time about, Jacob Eason. Um, gotcha. I'm just going to come out and say it. I forgot about him completely. And I, I know for a fact I'm not staying up till 11.30 p.m. watching Washington football. <laughs> I can say that so I, that's just not me. It's, I'm not doing, not doing that. So I started watching some film the last couple of days and I kind of fell in love with the way he plays. Um, I think he's very unpolished as a quarterback, but I think we'll just start with the strengths. He's a cannon. He can just chuck the ball, but he also has a cannon with no regret type situation. Like he, he is very, 
confirming in his head he is very confident in the throws he makes whether it's good or bad he just does it he doesn't hesitate he not very I don't want to say he's very inaccurate because he's not like just throwing the ball around like Mahomes kind of is sometimes where he has very inaccurate games but he's very concise with where he throws it how hard he throws it and with the confidence he throws it with um but there are some negatives to his game I saw a couple of the games he he kind of tried to extend a lot of plays that he shouldn't have. I don't think Washington's uh, O-line kind of got a good rank on PFS rankings, but the way I watched it, it didn't really seem like they were that good. So I was kind of confused there. But against Utah last year, um, number two defense ranked in the FBS via um, NCAA teamstats.com. He shredded them for 316 and four touchdowns. Like it's – his upside is visibly there. And I guess I was texting you. I kind of compared him to a Drew Locke type of the way, not the way, or the way he plays, but the way he's being brought about this draft. Um, kind of that one-two turn, but could easily fall to day two end of it. Like you don't really know what's going to happen. So I'll let him give your give your thoughts on the young gun, Jason Jacob Eason. Well, I'll start with the fact that I do believe he's a, he's a day two kind of guy. Uh, second, third pick. Obviously, we see quarterbacks every single year, un- whether they're undeserving or not, climb very, very high in, in, in drafts. So, you know, we can't always assume where quarterbacks are going to go, where we can kind of look at that with running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. We can kind of see where they're going to fall uh, with team need. But, you know, quarterbacks are always a wild card. So while I do see him as day two, gosh, I, it would be crazy, but I wouldn't doubt a chance at him being a day one guy. But my overall views on him, uh, most confident arm in the draft, very by far. Um, he, he makes dumb throws, and I watch film on him, and it angers me sometimes, but he puts he puts the ball in spots. I mean, he'll throw in a double coverage, get it to his receiver where his receiver's only going to make the – where only the receiver's going to make the play. He's got an absolute rifle. You mentioned it. And while I think it's very unpolished with with his decision-making – I think if there's anything an NFL coach wants to be forced to improve on, I think working on, you know, decision-making and focusing on not making bad throws isn't a bad thing to have to start with day one. So I think he could be a very solid quarterback for a team. And I think even better, I think he can sit behind a really polished quarterback mm-hmm. that could be on the way out eventually too. say Drew Brees stays another year in, in NOLA. We may see if Eason goes there, the next yeah. dominant quarterback because he he definitely has all the tools. He just got to use use the head a little bit more, um, make decisions, and um, he obviously again finally uh, not really much mobile, um, so could could really benefit off a strong O line. Uh, whereas the Mike Burrow and Tua, you send them to a, a poor team uh, on the offensive front, it's not going to be terrible for them. But Eason could really do well with um, with a great O line in front of him. Yeah, I agree, and I think he's in a prime spot as of where his like draft capital is because there's a lot of teams at that, or like you said, early day too. Dolphins, Colts, Saints could always move up. Um, teams could move back like the Broncos did last year when they moved out of the ten spot and gained that really early day two to get Drew Locke. Yeah. The the I don't ultimately see him as a day one starter. But I would ultimately see him as a Drew Locke, but an extended weight Drew Locke. Um, obviously, Joe Flacco got hurt, so that, that window was closed, yeah. as it probably would have been the whole season if I had to predict. So I definitely see something like that situation. 
I completely so, forgot about the Colts, by the way. Yeah, right? I think that's Gosh, a huge that a dream spot. I'll be yeah, honest. With you. And that, he would have the position, huge, great O line. They will have Marlon Mack, or I think they get another running back. They should add a receiver through free agency or the draft. I think he's really, as much as people don't notice it, I think he really is going to make an impact. Um, I want to say later rather than sooner, but not like a huge gap, obviously. Um, so with that, we'll move into our tier three. This is where it gets tough. This is where I, I hold a little hope for these guys, but ultimately I don't know. Um, so my tier three, as you can see, I have Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts. You have Jake Fromm and Jordan Love. And I'm just going to start out and say it. I am out on Jake Fromm. No way. I just, I don't know. It's just not, not attractive to me. Um, so I'll just go, we'll go Jordan Love first since we both have that. And then we can kind of go on our argument with the other two. So Jordan yeah. Love, obviously – if you follow at this time, you know the the overall opinion of him is has a good arm potential, but interceptions. That's just the way it is with him. He just is in quotation marks dumb, if you want to put that, I guess. I don't really want to call him dumb by any means, but it's kind of how it is, kind of that what he's kind of been deemed at. But what doesn't make sense to me is in all these mocks, I'm seeing him go like top 15 but all the grades that he's getting are like round two grades. So this things just aren't really adding up. Um, in the last half of this episode, we'll kind of talk about how the combine is going to weigh into this because these are obviously coming out combine week uh, when yeah. you're hearing this. He is one of the guys that could easily become a round one pick with the combine, or he could easily be a day three pick with the combine um, just because he's on a short string for sure. Um, if you have anything to add about him, go ahead. Yeah, um, obviously my rankings I got – I got from right above love. Uh, when I'm watching my film, I want the peak defenses that the team's facing. And it's kind of unfair to Jordan Love, but, you know, I watched a lot of the LSU game and it's just not attractive. And I understand the situation you're being put in. You're a, you're a low-end low, low end team, you know, not much outside of your quarterback. And you got to go into LSU and everyone knows you're going to get routed, um, especially this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's hard to judge his tape, and I want to take some more time to maybe look at some in-conference teams. But it's it's hard for me to get a really good gauge on these uh, non-power five kind of quarterbacks because it, there's just not there's just not much content to what I'm I'm watching. Because I mean, obviously, any solid quarterback is able to carve up you know a weaker power five team. Yeah, I think, and we'll touch on back on at the end of the episode, kind of how we view the combine outlook and sort of how he can the potential either way uh, that we can let it slip. So now we're going to go into here and this is me holding my hope for Jalen hurts. Okay. I, I don't know. Post combine, we're going to have our updated rankings on the sites and like tweeted out and all that stuff. And the, the, he is where like, I think he will move more than love will for me just because he is, um, obviously just kind of been thrown aside his whole career in the college landscape. So obviously he played for Bama, the whole two of Bama, whatever feud, not feud thing, but just kind of whatever happened there, went to OU, put up monstrous numbers. Like he, he had more touchdowns, obviously, because he runs the ball than Joe Burrow. The team just, they were good. They were in the playoff. They got killed by LSU, but they just sucked, like in general as a team. Yeah. But the way the playoff is set up, Big 12 is usually going to get in if you win the Big 12. And they got to play Baylor's backup quarterback in the Big 12 championship, and they still almost lost. So, overall, Jalen Hurts, obviously we know he can run. 
He's an athletic playmaker, and he can throw is the thing, but people are saying his throwing is not that great. So with this, um, like I said, kind of attached to love, we have to see how he's going to throw because obviously he's going to test out the roof compared to the quarterbacks. He's going to run faster than him. He's going to do three count faster than him. He's probably, if they do other like scramble drills, he's going to do much better than them. Um, so we're just going to have to see how his throwing is. But ultimately the big thing with him, I think, is what team is going to tie draft capital to him. What team is going to give him that chance like we saw with Lamar Jackson yeah. Because that's the only reason Lamar Jackson's good. Because, like, I mean, he's not good, but that's the only reason why he's producing the way he is because the team invested in that type of quarterback. So we're going to have to see that. I don't really know what team is gonna, that's going to be. We're going to have to kind of see how that goes. But I know the potential is there, but it's mm-hmm. very, very untapped potential. So if you want to weigh in on him and then move into your Jake Fromm uh, tier three guy, go ahead. Well, I mean, gosh, I think it, there's two things that are going to do him huge justice that you mentioned. Obviously, draft combine is, is going to be through the roof. I think we've, we've all just accepted that as um, analysts. And then Lamar winning MVP. It's going to cause a little bit of a change in the league, as we saw with Mahomes and people starting to kind of take stabs at potential quarterbacks. And we'll see again in this draft. But, you know, people are going to want, want to look for peak athleticism in a quarterback because they're going to see how it worked with Lamar. But what's different about Lamar is what Harbaugh was able to do to completely throw out a non-mobile quarterback system exactly. relying on run game and passing that you know, without mobility. So you're going to have to land on a team that is very okay with throwing out everything they've worked on mm-hmm. and readjusting their plan. And it's going to have to be with a good coach because you can't get it with a new coach. You, you can't because they don't have the experience to just completely flip a, a playbook and still keep all the other guys that they've had on the team still invested in what they're doing. And I just, I don't think the profiles as good as with uh, Lamar coming out of college. Lamar was a Heisman. This is something that no one really, people kind of forgot about. This is so, you know, the MVP for me wasn't as stunning. I think what Harbaugh was able to do was incredible, but I think the uh, MVP wasn't as stunning because I saw his ability in college and you know, no one really recognized it as well. And there's, there's clearly uh, Lamar Jackson and Hurts. I mean, it, it Hurts isn't even close. Hurts is not a Heisman. There's never a thought no. in our minds that we thought Hurts would be a Heisman. So there's, there's growth. And he's going to have to grow with his arm because you can only play the running game for so long. And Lamar's working on that clearly. He put a lot of effort into that, and he will continue. But does Hurts have the drive to do that? Will he? Will he land on a good system? There's just too many factors for me to want to mess around with that. Awesome. And uh, Jake Fromm, since he's in your tier three. Absolutely. Uh, so I like Fromm. Uh, I like SEC quarterbacks. Um, I think you're, peak, you're, you're facing the peak of athletic competition. Um, it, it, they're a few bars down from the worst teams in the NFL. In all realness, SEC teams are just, they're just something else. Uh, and I'm a Gator fan, so I had to face Fromm uh, a few times in our, uh, in our experience mm-hmm. with them. Uh, not a fun quarterback. Obviously, this year very much took a step back. They focused a lot on the run game. They had one of the best O-lines in the NCAA, so they could do that. But in, when we look – and I will be covering the uh, Jake Fromm Florida tape uh, coming up on the Fantasy Flock film room. When we cover that, I'm going to break down a lot of things about him that I liked. And what I liked was his ability to turn on 
the switch when he knows the run game isn't working. And why I want to watch the Florida film is because of how talented they are at stuffing the run. So from having to turn it on when he, when he's given the chance to can be very, very deadly for um, an NFL team. And I think we kind of lost that this year, but if you look at some 2018 things, you'll, you'll see he has that switch and he can be a dominant quarterback. Yeah. I think it's just, he's so underwhelming compared to the others. That is why people are kind of off on him. Um, I could obviously go up, obviously the combine is when you're seeing this this week and there'll be a huge update of everything. Like we'll have completely new notes, we'll have completely new rankings, all that stuff, uh, completely new rookie dynasty, all that stuff is going to be new. Um, like you said, the team was just undermanned for an SEC team this year. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be right back on track next year. I'm not too worried about it. He screams to me a day two – trade up and then just wait behind a starter guy to me like that's just kind of like what he he's not he's not going to start next year unless a player gets hurt but he's not going to be drafted to start next year people know that he needs time to develop and I think he ultimately will get that because he's just a good quarterback in general um, I'm just going to hold that hurts because obviously I have Fromm below him I don't have him like super super far down there but I'm just going to hold him that hope of hurts performing at the combine to ultimately bump him up so those are our three tiers, uh, top six, I believe, for both of us. So now we're going to kind of just move into some general thoughts about the combine, kind of what we're looking for. Um, so when we're recording this, it's actually the week before. So I'm not for sure if Tua's fully competing or whatever the whole case may be. But they've said that his surgery has gone – or his recovery surgery, all everything is in line and ahead of what it should be for him because he was just going to throw. I don't know if that was going to be at the combine – private throwing, whatever it is, but he's well ahead of schedule. Um, and that's huge, I think. It's huge for obviously him, but I think it's also huge for a team like the Lions who sit in that pick three type thing, like stuff like that. It, it ties in greatly. So if Tua competes at the combine, I'll be interested to see if it's full speed. Um, I can't imagine he goes in to, to run his 40, 75%. Like obviously that's set in stone data that's going to be with you your whole career. You don't want to ruin that. Um, so I think if he does compete, I'm just going to look at how he's throwing, not like how he's throwing, but like how his whole body's moving while he's throwing. Is he comfortable with putting pressure on the leg, on the knee, on this, the overall process, the overall flow of how he's throwing? Um, I probably won't pay too much attention to like his 40 and stuff because he is a mobile guy, but if he is banked up, it's obviously going to be a little, uh, flawed in the numbers that he runs. Is there anything that that you're if Tua performs obviously we don't know as of now if he competes in the combine that you're kind of looking for well I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure and obviously when the combine comes out we'll know obviously for sure um <clears throat> I think uh he's just passing so okay. gonna lead to, and anyways for me personally that's all I'm looking for uh speed is fun but it's doesn't accumulate to quarterbacks at all um we know the ability yeah, we know he has it yeah you see it in film, the mobility. And as much as a 40-yard uh, dash is, is kind of fun to watch and keep up with, what you're kind of looking for in a mobile quarterback is pocket presence, being able to escape defenders, and being able to make smart decisions off of pressure. That's what you're looking at, and you're only going to get that from film. So I'm not a huge combine person, obviously. Um, it, it doesn't say everything. It, it doesn't actually say all that much, at least in my eyes. But – I will keep up with it. Um, I, I like the I like the passing. I want to see how he does again, like you said, with um, the hip torque and 
all, all of the options mm-hmm. that he's going to have to, I, I wouldn't say relearn, but uh, readjust to. Exactly. So, yeah, but, yeah well, that's really all I'm looking for. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, obviously, we'll know. We'll, we'll be, like, tweeting out and all that stuff, kind of what we're feeling, um, maybe Instagram posts, all that stuff. Um, I think with Herbert, I don't think the combine is going to help or hurt his stock. I think what he did at the senior bowl is pretty impressive enough to kind of solidify him as that third quarterback, yeah. as that six to 10 pick type of guy, wherever that may be, or maybe even five to 10, just kind of how the draft flows. He is, I don't know. The, com- the combine is not going to show him anything because the people know that he can sling the ball around. They know that he's not going to be the most athletic guy. So that stuff's not going to matter. Um, ultimately the combine doesn't matter a ton for quarterbacks and receivers. The running backs is where it matters a lot because we see all this data coming in that we can compile and spit out these projections and these comparisons and all this stuff, um, which I'll have articles on that stuff. Uh, Rotoviz has great tools. Like we said, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, Jalen Hurts, I think are going to, those are the three that I think, are going to be huge not only for our rankings but for everyone's rankings in terms of the combine because those three are the guys that I think people don't know where to put them because they all have differing negative parts to their game. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know Easton can sling it, but can he can he move around in the pocket? Can he run? Can he is he strong? Can he bet like all that stuff that we don't know because his whole game was just slinging it against crappy Pac-12 defenses except for Utah. We don't know how overall of an athlete he is, I guess is what you could say. And I think that's what's ultimately going to round out his grade. And if he can accurately hit the deep ball, I think they're – I mean, I don't know how, like, the whole, like, throwing thing works, but I got a feeling they're going to tell him to start slinging, like, 60-yard passes just because they want to see that. So I think that'll be kind of cool just to see. Um, With Hurts, like I said, it's just going to be can he accurately throw it. It doesn't have to be, like – super downfield but can he just hit the consistent throws because like we said he's gonna he's gonna destroy the combine and numbers for quarterbacks because what other quarterback could have competed with him Tua, but i don't think i mean like you said you don't think he's gonna run and the other quarterbacks are more pro style so i don't know i just i'm looking for hurts to just show consistency um i don't know I, I haven't watched a ton of love film so I'm kind of just looking at him in general just to kind of see how he presents himself. Um, do you have anything else you want to touch on for certain aspects in the combine? Um, yeah, well, I don't I don't think quarterbacks is really what the combine is made no. to point out big things. You said it best. Um, there's not really much room to grow past the top three because uh, once when you get past the top three, you start seeing some uh, refinery issues with like Eason and uh, Love and – um, hurts. So really what it can do for them is I think personally, I think sometimes scouts pay a little bit too much attention to the combine. So hurts is obviously going to get helped through it. Um, I think Eason probably will get a boost. The, the arm strength, it, it can be key in, in the NFL. Now, uh, deep throws are inevitable guys are getting faster receiving wise. You get a guy like that again, sling it around. That's going to help his stock. Um, Obviously, love got to do a little bit more uh, research on him. Mm-hmm. It's early. We'll get some content out for him, but uh, gosh, quarterbacks—it just—it doesn't really help or hurt. Yeah, I agree. Well, these are more so landing spot mm-hmm. oh, purely yeah. based for rankings, just because it's we know what they can do um, as of now. So, with that, we're just going to end this video here. 
this will be coming out Monday of Combine Week, and then we're going to post uh, running backs Tuesday, so tomorrow, receivers Wednesday, so in two days. So thank you so much for watching. Go ahead down below, hit the like button, subscribe, please. Um, I'll have Tyler's stuff down below uh, as well as go on his Twitter, go on the site. We're going to have a bunch of stuff rolling. Um, we're super excited for the Combine, so peace. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. That'll do it for this episode. If you can gain any value, please subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel and leave a rate and review for both. Also, be sure to give us a like and a follow on our social media. Visit our ever-evolving website and don't be afraid to shoot us a DM so we can assist you one-on-one. You can find all of those links in the descriptions. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser and Tyler Moss, I'm Sky Guasco and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.